Shoot the defense, the best podcast in the world. We're out here. I keep saying Henri's a forward. Richie, who's the best striker you played against? Henri. <laughs> and the fact that we had now taken our country and put our country on the map of world soccer, being the first African nation, the third world nation in the whole world to win an Olympic gold medal in soccer, you know, it was, it was unbelievable. If you're going to take the time to go and get a pig head and break my locker open and, and wrap my clothes in it, I send in a different message to me. I've had to protect my family from going out into the street because you'll have random people that just come and abusing them racially. Even some old school managers who are British, they still have the same racial undertones like the man in the street who they're trying to condemn. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to another edition of Shoot the Defense. I'm your host, I've got Rodri Giggs, Steve and the returning Wayne. Wayne, let's go with you first, man, because, you know, we've got to start with the guest. Come on. <laughs> I'm happy to be back under more positive circumstances this time. Thank you again for inviting me. It's always a pleasure. And your hair's grown back, so it must be an Arsenal one. <laughs> yeah, the game was still stressful. It was still really stressful, even though we kind of peppered their goal a little bit. But yeah, it, it's, it's good to feel what winning feels like again. Excellent. Excellent. Rod, you good? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Good, good weekend. Uh, yeah, all good. You? What, what? Tell me about this podcast I saw the other day, Rodri Giggs on football. Oh, no, yeah. he, you know what? He messaged me saying, what? He gave me a load of names. And I just thought, you know what? I just ignored him thinking, you know what? I'll leave it. And then he come up with that. I was like, oh. So, yeah. Uh, have you seen the image to the, the podcast, the thumbnail? Have you seen it? What it looks like? What do you mean? Well, it's, it's you and your, your Paddy Power suit holding no, the mug. mug. Yeah. No, I was just sitting there thinking, you know, you could have come up with a better background. You know, it it just looked like a really bad blue movie, really bad, like you know VHS. <laughs> you know, no, he's a good, he's a good kid though, and the uh, him and Andy Campbell have been doing it for for about I don't know a couple of years now. Andy Campbell, the former Middlesbrough player. Yeah, Middlesbrough Cardiff, but yeah. Okay. So uh, he got uh, the Middlesbrough women's job, so yeah, he's giving it, he's, he's getting himself into that. Excellent. Well, good luck to him. Good yeah. luck to him. Because you don't really do too much on it apart from fuck about. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It's, it's the same deal. But um, nah, it's, yeah. I've been, on a, I've been on a couple of times with Andy. Did it a couple of times over the Euros. But yeah, he's all right. Yeah, but did you ever, ever do a show A on the toilet and B in Tesco Express? Not got there yet. No. See, that's how you know he's comfortable within the show here, Wayne. Yeah. He did he did the show on the toilet once, and another time he was at Tesco Express beeping like on the on the self-service till one. Well, <laughs> this is the dedication. I think the only thing next is to do it from the toilet in Tesco Express. <laughs> you you get just, you can take it Joe, all off. Well, Joe Vaughan as well from Cardiff, the Kenwin Jones one that got cut off. Yeah, Ken, yeah, Kenwin Jones, yeah, he got cut off on that one. Yeah, I kept on getting cut off, so I just thought, you know what, I'll leave it because it just ruined it. You <laughs> right. got, like, got some publicity that one as well, didn't you? Yeah, Adrian was kind enough to publish in the date in the Daily Mail. Yeah, and um, do you know the funny thing was about that one? I'll get to you in a moment, Steve. Sorry, um, what's his name? Uh, the fellow from the Daily Mirror. What's his name? That's on Sky Sports. What's his name? Darren. Uh, Darren Lewis. That's right. He messaged me and he goes, "Do you mind if I if I if I put it in the in the paper?" I'm like, "Yeah." I says, "Yeah, you can if you want," but no one's really gonna care too much about this particular podcast because no 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 it's, it's a big thing still waiting like two years on <laughs> sorry darren had to throw you under the bus in that one but hey doesn't matter adrian gave us some good press steve how you doing easy right i'm good still are you mate yeah all good mate all good um did you cover any games this weekend yeah i went far i went to bristol city and preston for a nil nil draw so um, yeah, I didn't wow. send you any videos, mate, because it wasn't it wasn't worth uh, your time watching them. So uh, it wasn't it wasn't the worst nil nil I've ever seen, but uh, it looked like two mid table teams. But I was happy to take a game in. Well, last week you chose not to go to a game which ended nil nil to be on the yeah. show, and yeah, this there's, weekend... a form. there's a pattern forming here, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're just going to change your name to Steve Nil Nil Air. <laughs> no, hopefully not. I'm at. Uh, I'm at Middlesbrough versus Blackpool this week. So, uh, yeah, yeah, could be a nil-nil, yeah. That might be worth uh, looking at. Blackpool looking good this season, though. 
Uh, well, it's, they're improving. They, they won't threaten. Did the they top beat end. Fulham? Well, that was what the first home win. That was the first home win. But what a way to do it! Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so they've, that, they've that got one of. Great. They've got one of our lads on loan, uh, John Jules. He's done a all right in a couple of games for them as well, I think, Blackpool. Yeah, yeah, he plays off the striker, doesn't he? Yeah. I'll have a look Saturday. I'm not sure if he's in the team, but I'll have a look Saturday. There you go, bit of trivia. Bit of scouting work as well there, see. Something like that. Lovely. All right, I'll tell you what, since Wayne is here, since Wayne is our guest, let's talk about the Arsenal. Let's talk about Arsenal getting their <laughs> first win of the season. They registered... Their first three points, and it's Aubameyang who got the winner with 24 minutes to go. It was a bit of a bit of a weird goal, wasn't it? In off both posts, and he kind of mm. poked it in, and there's a VAR check, and blah 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 blah. Um, Norwich had a few opportunities, and as you said before, at the top of the show there, there Wayne, it was a squeaky bum time for you guys. But listen, a, a win bit, is yeah. a win. A win is yeah. a win, man. You got to be happy. Yeah, definitely, and I think. We looked a lot better defensively. I know you, you mentioned Norwich had a couple of chances. There was one at the end with Puki in particular, which um, Gabriel blocked quite well. But um, no, I think we controlled the game for the majority of it. And just to just to get off the board, obviously it was a big deal. Norwich were 19th, we were 20th. I know it's a bit early to call it a relegation six-pointer, but it kind of felt that way at times in the stadium. Um, there was just a lot of nerves around the place. But... We controlled it for the majority. I think first half we were pretty poor, but second half we dominated from from sort of the the the, the uh, resumption of the game at halftime. And at first I thought it was offside, but apparently a Norwich defender has tried to clear it, and that's what's played him onside or something like that. Because I, I thought it was going to be disallowed, but I felt it was deserved, and I'm I'm glad that we got the win finally. Wayne, you look back line as well. Tommy Asu made his debut. Ben White came back after COVID. Gabriel's come back from injury. Yep. Obviously, Tierney's been an ever-present, but Ramsdale uh, coming in. But how did the back line look? Because from what I read, uh, White and Gabriel looked like they, they formed a pretty decent partnership. Yeah, I think it was a really strong performance defensively. Um, I think one of the main, main sort of talking points for us to start this season has been Leno and mainly his sort of distribution and his lack of sort of command coming for crosses and commanding the box in particular. And I think Ramsdale gave us that comfortability factor in defence. I don't know if he's maybe a little bit quicker off the line or if he's just more aggressive and willing to come claim crosses and just clear defenders out of the way. But I thought that from the back, we played really well. Midfield, we were lacking a little bit, obviously. No Xhaka, no Thomas Partey. He came off the bench and sort of changed the game in our favour. He was a big reason as to why we scored the only goal of the game. But no, I think there were some bright spots, it's particularly as centre-back. Ben White, I thought, played well. Gabriel, a really good performance. I think he has a chance this season to make this defence his own. Um, Pablo Mari's not the best. Rob Holden, you kind of know what his limitations are. He shouldn't really be anything more than a, a squad player, in my opinion. Gabriel, second season in the Premier League, quite aggressive, front-footed, really dominant in the air. Hopefully, he can have a really good season for the rest of the year. I'll tell you what, I've been really impressed with uh, Sambi Lokonga. Mm. Um, he's a, he's a, one of these midfielders that loves to drive through the midf midfield. He reminds me of how Roy Keane was in his early days at Forest. Just driving through the middle of the parts, no fear, tenacious. But I'm I'm glad you mentioned Thomas Partey because he's a little bit of an enigma for me because he arrived at Arsenal injured. He picked up an injury. He didn't seem to get much form, and then he picked up another injury. Started this season injured. Yeah, um, he's been unfortunate, but he's a very very talented player. And with the players that you got in front of him, like Pepe, Odegaard, Saka, even Aubameyang, Lacazette, when he comes back. You guys can push forward. I don't think it's as bad as what people have made it out to be. I think from the names that you're saying, absolutely, I would 100% agree. But I think the problem that we have at the minute is this setup and this system that Arteta seems to want to play doesn't allow for someone like Pepe, for players like Aubameyang to excel in sort of the their natural natural state. So so with Pepe, he's asked to do a lot more in terms of link up and in terms of build up. Whereas in France, where we saw him at his best, was on the shoulder of the last defender, between the left left back and the centre back or, or whoever it may be there, and going through on goal. 
whether we can get him a little bit closer to goal, because I think he's a clinical finisher when he has his chances, but he's just so frustrating to watch as an Arsenal fan because credit to him, he tries, but the things that he's trying, I don't think he excels at. And that there needs to be a little bit more freedom, I think, from the coaching. But as you said, Party has been a little bit hit and miss with, with regards to injuries, but I think he changed the tempo of the game when he came on against Norwich on Saturday. And he's the only one, I think, of our midfielders at the minute who Lukonga can probably get there, but right now Party can dominate physically, he can do- dominate technically, his passing range is fantastic, he's always looking forward, so we need him to stay fit. So how high do you think you guys can finish? Uh, I think our ceiling this year is probably sixth. Okay. Assuming we have everything in place in terms of fitness and in terms of not going on a horrible run that we went on last year. If we can stay a little bit consistent, I think our ceiling is is sixth. Maybe pushing Leicester for fifth, but I think the top four is all but confirmed. Okay, fair enough. Steve, um, a couple of weeks ago, we were saying that Patrick Vieira is on a hiding to nothing. Um, what do I know, really? Um, they got a fantastic victory against Spurs. And, and this is a game that had so much happen. I, I can't remember the last time a Crystal Palace versus Tottenham game had so many incidents. You had Tanganga getting sent off, calling Zaha Pussyol beforehand. <laughs> Handbags, really. Um, you had uh, Edouard coming off the bench to score with his second touch. Uh, Gallagher dominating the play. Harry Kane doing absolutely fuck all. Um, but it was a fantastic performance from Palace from front to back, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Um, and you've covered absolutely everything. Um, the crowd are always amazing. And if you dare to get in front, you know, by a goal or two against somebody, another club from London as a, as a rival, uh, not directly a derby, but you can imagine they get even louder, more voice for us. So they played their part too. Uh, to be fair, that's going on all around the country. It really feels football's back because of the pandemic. It feels like it's double the excitement for the supporters. So Crystal Palace are obviously no exception. Uh, I'll still need to be convinced about them. Um, But they do look like, um, with Edouard coming on and scoring two goals and one instantly, Gallagher playing ever so well every week in this early part of the season on loan from Chelsea. And obviously Zaha, who's always a a marked man, uh, and he looks like he's got the bit between his teeth. The worst thing you can do with, with him, it looks like, is really go physical and foul him because it seems to bring the best out of him. So there's got to be different ways I think you've got to play against him. Not suggesting you should give him room, but if you want to start start mauling him, and I know he took a couple of facial blows, he's almost guaranteed to come out on top because it, it riles him up. So um, that might be one that opposition fullbacks need to, you know, have a different approach with. I'm still not convinced with Crystal Palace or Patrick Vieira. Um, and it's a shame that I don't want to take anything away from a brilliant result. You covered everything, including Harry Kane looking a little bit leggy and certainly nowhere near the goal. Uh, but I just think there'll be four worse teams, but I'm not expecting them to have too many Saturdays like that, I've got to say. Mm. And, and you know what? When you look at Spurs as a whole, <laughs> a lot of Spurs fans will listen to this and say, I don't know what I'm talking about it. But Eric Dyer going off after 12 minutes... Yeah, that really hurt them, didn't it? Well, it did, and it was a mess. And if you're Eric Dyer, you know, you, you want a nice little roll rollout ball from the goalkeeper. It doesn't happen often. And they had to launch himself into, well, almost a 50-50 to get the ball safe. He did manage to get the ball safe, but ends up probably going home on crutches or in, or in, the, in the plastic boot. So um, he obviously had to do it because it's his profession, but he must have had a, a, a look at the goalkeeper or a chat with him since and said, you know, thanks ever so much. It had a blue flashing light on it, that ball. It literally did. Mm. Uh, it could have been worse, though, because he could have had the same injury, been intercepted, and they could have gone through and scored. So just as he was starting to settle down in a position, uh, albeit the left of the defence and in the team, he'd probably have a little spell out now. Mm. Rod, Tanganga, should you have gone for that pushing Zaha's face? Because <laughs> when I saw that, I'm thinking, nah, he's got to go for that. You can't raise your hands. Should Zaha run or do you, the way around, you mean? Tanganga pushed him in the face. So I was yeah, no, no, his, his, his handbags, but no, it was right both and get a yellow. But then, you know, the second one, what are you doing? You, you've seen it so many times. He's obviously wound up. And yeah, it's a second yellow. And, and you can't really argue, argue really. You'll learn from it. He's only a young kid. Well, I say young kid. What is he now, 21? Tanganga. But how is he? 
Yeah, he's he's got to be early twenties. Young one, isn't he? He's, he's come, yeah. from, he come from the academy, isn't he? Yeah. So he'll learn from it, and you know, like Stez said, you, you, some players you should just you know, leave alone, you know, buddy yeah. them, buddy up with them, I suppose, and, and don't rile yeah. them up. Because if you if you rile them up, you know, they, they just tear you apart. Especially someone with the, the ability of side. Well, either way, he's got pace and he's strong. So yeah, once you get wound up, he, he signs yeah. it. Gets him going, and then the crowd get yeah. going, and he just, you know, that's it. And Soho's yeah. Park isn't the place to do that, is it? <laughs> no, 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 because you, no, Crystal Palace, Soho's Park, when it's bouncing, it's one of them grounds that's bouncing. So, yeah, it was bouncing on Saturday, and yeah, even with the, the sending off, I still feel that Crystal Palace was a better team and would have won. Yeah, Joe, I found really embarrassing. I think it was yesterday morning when they had the uh, Spurs put out a tweet. And it was their new right back, Emerson Royale, putting in a challenge on Wolf Zaha, and they put a crown next to his name. I'm thinking he was ripped to shreds throughout the whole game. Through, you know, Wolf Zaha just destroyed them. I'm sitting thinking, what is this? What are you talking about? He was fucking. Who put uh, this on the Tottenham website? Tottenham, yeah, Tottenham's Twitter account. Twitter. They had the picture of Emerson Royale putting in a challenge on, on Wolf Zaha, and they put a crown because his surname is Royale, isn't it? But I'm thinking he had the torrid time, man. You know, it's like to, after a free nil defeat, it'd be Twitter silence for, for a few days. And, and just to be on, honest, <laughs> I think the best part of that tweet was they didn't crop out the score from the background. <laughs> so you could see 2 0. So they must have taken the picture before the third goal and they've tweeted out the image and it's got Crystal Palace 2 Spurs nil in the background. <laughs> and, <laughs> that was brilliant. I, I like that. It'd be interesting to see if they took that down because obviously someone's witnessed it saying, well, you've got two in the background. Let me find it. You're making me find it now. I wouldn't be surprised if they deleted their tweet, but the image was still somewhere. What are you doing? Is getting the scholars in the background? Hold on a second. No, 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 no. No, it's still there. It's still there. Let me... Ah, no way. It's there it is. There you go, in the background. <laughs> but why, why would you choose this photograph? Like, you know, Will Sarr has been tearing them to shreds all fucking game. Oh, that's embarrassing, man. But you see, this is the thing, like, content, content, content. They've got to put anything out just to get people talking like what we're doing now. Um, just a very quick one on, on Spurs, because they were absolutely dreadful. And I don't think it's any coincidence that they were dreadful when Son wasn't playing for them. For me, and I know people are going to disagree with me, but I think in terms of an impact player, he's more important than Harry Kane is. Impact player. We've got yeah. You, you, again, you cover. You, you're on fire again, Stell. He, he is impact because his speed. Um, he runs away from people. Um, he counterattacks superbly. He can play the right across the width of the pitch. He can meet both wings nine ten. Um, he's such, you know, an amazing player. We know that Kane's a box player and all of a sudden he's developed into this player that drops deep for the ball centrally, but um, he's not going to frighten you with anything other than his amazing finishing. Son runs away from you and scares the life out of you. So take that out of the team. It's a loss for anyone. Yeah, that's right. Rod, Liverpool went to Leeds and came away with three points. They battered them as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't know how it was just free, but... The game was marred by one incident. We saw Harvey Elliott go off injured. Uh, pretty bad injury, to be fair. But for me, that challenge was more reckless than anything. I don't think he meant to break the kid's leg. In fact, you could tell he actually went for the ball. But he just mistimed it. And the lad, well, you, you saw what happened. Oh, yeah, this, this, for me, is so unfortunate. It wasn't even... You know, it wasn't even a yellow card because it, it's the, the injury and the impact. The referees obviously got to give it, but it's just one of them unfortunate, unfortunate accidents. Because when he even blew his wrestle, I was like, "What?" And then obviously, you look, because you, you only see it the first time. He only showed it the first time when he blew the wrestle. You're like, "What?" But then you see him, his foot, he's pointing the other way, and he kind of went on it. And I was like, "Oh," but yeah, it was just obviously the kids obviously in shock and. It's just unfortunate. It's just unfortunate. Just hopefully he gets a speedy recovery. He's young, so hopefully he heals well uh, and comes back fitter and better. 
What did you make of Liverpool though? They were absolutely explosive, weren't yeah, they? Leeds against these top side, the Leeds are going to get ripped apart. He's not going to change his philosophy. The way he does it, they're just so open. And these the quality sides, United with top quality up top, Liverpool, Chelsea, uh, City, they'll tear them apart. Absolute yeah. tear them apart every yeah. single time. They'll give other t- great game teams a good game, but the top teams, there's, there's no chance. Do you think he's going into these games thinking, okay, there's there's six good teams in this league and we can afford to drop 18 points and then the rest will just give it a go? Yeah, like and just hope just, just for the best. You know, I'm not going to change my philosophy just for six games or eight games when I've got all when I'm 30 games. So, you know, he just goes in it hoping for the best, I think. But, yeah, looking at him, they're just too open. Way too open. For the bigs, for the... For the, for the Clinical top quality, you no know, Saha, Sets, Mane. Oh, these are top quality players. Same when United, United played him. Same when Chelsea, Chelsea played him. Same when City, City played him. Possibly even Tottenham. And you know, once Arsenal get the relegation fight, they'll be, they'll, you know, they'll be in it as well. <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Steve uh, Mo Salah uh, joined the 100 club, and um, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, you know, Shearer did it in 124, Kane did it in 141, and um, I think was it? I think Salah did it in 161. Is that right? I think it's 161 or something like that. 100 goals in 161 or something, something like that. But you look at that record; the guy isn't." A striker. He isn't a Shearer or a, or a Van Nistelrooy, but yet he scored so many goals in such a short period of time. He's he's got to be in the top twenty greatest Premier League players ever. No. Oh, I'll go top ten. Top ten? Yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe, maybe the lower end. Maybe, maybe like eight, nine, ten. But but obviously that's still hell of an accolade. He's, he's an amazing player. Um, and if anybody wants to double up on him. Liverpool are such a good team that it will create space for Firmino, Jota, Mane, any of the attacking midfield players. So he finds himself one on one, sucked so many times. Um, he finds himself, what, must have two, three, four chances a game from the wing. And you're almost expecting him to score. And, and obviously, in the middle of the six yard box yesterday, um, no, he's, he's a brilliant player. And uh, I think he's always back into a defensive team stage as well. I know he's not explosively passionate. I don't think anyone could ever say that he, he, he was Kirker either. So he doesn't keep going back the other way as well, just enough. But he's devastating on that wing going forward. Yeah, well, he's in the top 10 Premier League players for me still. Sorry about ever. that, Steve. Sorry about that, Steve. I saw the door opening next to Rod and I thought it was a ghost or something, but then it was Caesar poking his head through. The... <laughs> but who, who's, your other, who's your other nine players then in that top 10? Shearer, Henri. Gerard, Gerard Lampard, Scholes, Giggs, Ronaldo, and then I'm, I'm starting to I'm starting to think Salah, Henri, Shaq, Shearer. They were the first two I said, yeah. Drogba. Oh, Drogba in there. What about yeah. Yaya Toure? Sergio Aguero. Yeah, I've not even said my team, you know, but but no. Sal- now we're opening another can of worms here. Yeah, for Sergio another time. Sergio Aguero's got to be in the top 10. It's cold, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. You've but, left but out other players, man. Salah's high tariff. It's a, it's one for the debate, isn't it? But some people have been in his top 10. Some have won. It's one of them. It's like Messi's better than Ronaldo. Some are going to yeah, go one yeah. yeah, true, true. Um, Wayne, very quickly, I need to go check something out there. But tell the boys what you make of Marcelo Bielsa because a lot of people were saying at the beginning of the season... He should replace uh, Mourinho at Spurs, but could he do anything different to what he's doing at Leeds at Spurs? Because you know what Spurs are like defensively anyway, they're shambolic. Yeah, I think, but I think with a better quality of, of player, I think that Bielsa will, would take someone like Spurs onto another level. He wouldn't be someone that I would personally mind replacing Mikel Arteta if, if Arteta was to ever be sacked. I think you guys are right in the in the sense that Leeds are, they're, they're still new to the Premier League at the end of the day, and they're probably still thinking about just staying in the Premier League after after last season was, was so successful. They're going to pick up their points against 
the lesser sides in the league and probably finish around about 10th, 11th, 12th or something like that. But I think what Bielsa is doing at Leeds is the right thing. I don't think you should sort of give up your, your philosophy and give up your style of playing just for six or seven games against bigger teams. And you never know. We, they, we've seen them pick up shock results at times and play really well against big teams. And if you get an extra win here or there or against the likes of Liverpool or Chelsea, then fair play to them. But I have nothing but high praise for Bielsa. With the big teams, you know, if the big teams can have an off day and Leeds, will, even though they'll have an off day, they'll still, you know, put the work rate in. So big teams can have an off day and Leeds could get a result that, you know, most nine, nine times out of ten, it's going to be a battering for them. I agree with you. Rodri, you picked on something that hit the nail on the head that he won't change, he refuses to change, but everybody thinks he's this coaching god. Whereas Tuchel, he's changing goalkeepers in a shootout. He's going to split strikers and playing with a number 10. He's going to 4-3-3. He's playing with 10 men at Anfield and getting a shutout. I obviously don't know this Tuchel. It feels like he's only just, you know, on our TVs every week now. But if Bielsa is this coaching god, what is Tuchel? Because what's he got up his sleeve every week that just turns the game in his favour? He's, 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 he's becoming a genius in my eyes. He's got a very good background staff as well. Oh, well, and he's also got a lot of good players. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it does come down to quality, and I think I think the the most positive thing that I could say for someone like Bielsa, I do I do like Tuchel as, as well. I think if you were to put Bielsa in a Chelsea side, I think they still maybe not look as strong as they do now with Tuchel in charge, but I still think they're a contender with someone like Bielsa as manager. Whereas could Tuchel do it? at Leeds if the, if jobs were reversed I'm not 100% sure I think a lot of Chelsea we we got to give credit to obviously the quality of player like you said as well James what do you make of Sadio Mane because he missed quite a few opportunities but he, he did end up on the score sheet didn't have a great season last year but I think you know he and Salah while Salah gets a lot of the plaudits I, I think his Mane's work goes under the radar I think with Mane, you kind of know what you're going to get with Salah, but I think Liverpool will only go as far as someone like Mane or Firmino backing Salah up will take them. Salah's going to get his 25-plus goals a season. He's going to contribute his assists. He's going to be their best player probably of the season each and every time. But as we saw last season, if Mane's not backing him up with... 15, 20 plus, or if Firmino's not around to help out, he he kind of needs that. And I was really happy for Money because, as you said, he's kind of struggled the last sort of 12 months or so. It looks as though he's maybe on the decline a little bit. And I always hate to, to paint players with that brush so quickly. So hopefully he can bounce back. But I was really happy that he was managed to get that goal. And I think he's the important one in terms of backing Salah up. He needs to be option 1A to Salah's 1 if Liverpool are going to have any success. Steve, what do you reckon? Yeah, um, I, you know, I know we, I'm pulling your leg here, Stel. I know you suggested you thought you might get 20 goals and I said, I, I don't see him getting anywhere near. But uh, the work rate he puts in, his role in the team. Uh, I was at the game against Burnley. They moved him to centre-forward for two minutes and he scored. Um, he's, he's brilliant. He's brilliant, but, you know, a lot of it is... Salah is obviously slicker, he's smoother, and Mane just looks like really frustrated because he's playing the game right on the edge, full of effort, uh, and he's up for the really up for the physical battle against the defenders. So he's, he's, he's worth his, his, his weight in gold for, for Liverpool. And, you know, you think about replacing Jota with Firmino, but... You'd have to say that Mane and Salah are, are irreplaceable at the top of the Premier League. Outstanding players. Mm, absolutely. Rod, Chelsea absolutely destroyed Aston Villa 3 no, I know Villa didn't have uh, the goalkeeper, Martinez and Buendia, because they were, well, were they in jail in, in Brazil or were they just self-isolating? I don't know what they were doing. But um, yeah, they, they didn't play. Um, and Chelsea made... Uh, made mincemeat out of them. Two for Lukaku, one for... Shoot, who got the other one? Fuck. Oh, Ko Kovacic. He got the other one, didn't he? Um, but interestingly enough, Tuchel made quite a few changes to this team. And, and again, it 
it worked the treat. I think um, Chalaba was was at the back with Thiago Silva and Rudiger. They had Hudson Odoi at right wing back. Uh, Saul yeah. came in for his debut. Ziek was behind Lukaku with Havertz, um, and they caused havoc, didn't they? Yeah, you know, Villa be, you know, pretty happy the way that they played though, because Villa played really well. They had a few chances, didn't they? Mendy yeah, kept them. Kept the first, Chelsea, yeah. first half they played really, really well. So and Chelsea to get a goal. So if Chelsea to come away with a three 0 it's, you know, it's a really good result that, because, like I said, Villa started really well throughout the game, to be honest. But you know, Chelsea were just too strong for them, and yeah, it's just. Uh, I just think Lukaku's going to bully these smaller teams. You've we've seen it so far, but when he comes against like quality Van Dijk, he, he kind of struggles. But against the, the lower teams, he, he's going to get an, an outfall. Steve Villa went with three at the back as well. They had the concert to Enzebe and, and Mings, but Mings was to blame for Kovacic's goal. Uh, Kovacic yeah. rarely gets on the score sheet. Which I guess is great for people who've got him in their FPL team. How did your team do, well, by the way, this weekend? You, you just asked Rod. Rod yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't matter. I haven't, I haven't checked anyone's points, so yeah. I'm just, you know. You know I'll let you think about that one. Still, I told you, it's, you know, it's no wins, no wins the league blah, blah, in blah, September. Blah, blah, blah. Come see me at March when it's <laughs> championship <laughs> rounds. <laughs> <laughs> You bite every time, man. I don't, I don't <laughs> Jesus. You need to check them other ones because I'm pretty sure I'll be top of the list. Every, every time, goals, every week, my goal, uh, strikers are scoring. Mane, Salah, every week. Son, Vardy. Vardy didn't score this week. Fernandez. No, but they're scoring every week. One of my players. And then? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Totally different side, haven't they? Right. You don't check that one? No, I don't. Yeah, no, you must be no, doing no. crap on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bamiang score for me. <laughs> oh, there you go. Anthony Martial had an XA. <laughs> he had an expected <laughs> assist. <laughs> we don't get points for those. Steve, Tyrone Mings, what was he thinking, man? What was he thinking? Tell me. Uh, yeah, well, you, we've covered it on the show, I think, between us more than once. But... Uh, I think we're now at the stage now where we're talking about Tyrone Mings' mistakes than anything good that he does in the game. Oof. And, <laughs> well, it's, it, it, it's covered in one line that we that we keep using and it's sensible, but he always gives you a chance. You would love to play against him. Physically, would compete to a point. Rodri covered it, probably not against Lukaku, but against most centre-forwards. But whether it's a concentration thing, whether it's untidy technique... Um, and it's an unforgiving place, the Premier League. And I don't think that from from gun to tape, he completes a full game without giving the opposition centre-forward a chance. And um, we saw it with our own eyes again. It's evident. That, and, and in old-fashioned terms, he's got a rick in him. Mm. And uh, Wayne, Romelu Lukaku. Yeah. Uh, the lads mentioned him earlier. Uh, that's another two goals for him. Mm. I think it's his first goal at Stamford Bridge, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Those goals yeah. at Stamford yeah, Bridge. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah. There you go. How many do you think he's going to get this season, mate? Oh, what? Just in the league? Yeah. I reckon it's between him and Salah for the Golden Boot. I think Salah might just pip him, but I think he should get. A, I, I want. I say around about twenty-two to twenty-five for Lukaku this year. Okay. I'll triple catch like him against Norwich then. In my dreams. <laughs> to be fair, that wouldn't be a bad shout at all. I think Norwich are going to be my triple captain. Yeah, no, fuck it. Um, Del- one more. Del- did you see who was captain, by the way, Chelsea? Uh, hang about. Was it... Was it... Oh, any Rudiger? Of the Rudiger? Did any of the lads see it? Jump in, Rod. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Alonso? I didn't, I didn't catch that. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Alonso. Wow. Complete, completely ostracised by did, Lampard. I did see yeah. that actually. Yeah, he was like, I did see when he got when he got done, and I seen it on his arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He had a bad tackle, didn't he? You know, But another one for two shell, probably trying to, you know, give up. He's already given him opportunity and a new lease of life, and and it's a sign of of like shutting the door on the Frank Lampard regime. I think by giving somebody who he was not in favour with the captain's armband a month into the season. 
The thing is, from what I understand or from what I've heard from a few Leicester City fans, they weren't too impressed with Ben Chilwell. So when he did leave for that fee, they didn't. it wasn't any skin off their nose. They weren't too bothered about it. Um, right. So Alonso's come in and look, we, we saw even before Lampard under different managers, Antonio Conte, for example, he was a fantastic uh, left wing back. And this is a guy mm. that was at Bolton, he was at Sunderland. Mm. You know, and amazing um, when it's just uh, different managers doesn't fancy the Rudu as well. He was like, yeah, yeah. As well. he was, he, yeah, he's doing really well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at Hudson Odoi, he played the right wing back. I think that was his 100th appearance for Chelsea as well. And Tuchel was like, he, he, he can't, we couldn't, we couldn't sell him. He goes, he goes, in the, in, in the summer, Dortmund came in for him. He goes, we didn't want to sell him because he plays right wing back, left wing back, plays up front. Um, and he's, he's a vital player and that's massive for him because I remember under was it under Lampard at the beginning no. of Lampard's tenure or was it who was um, it before Lampard Tuchel two, two sub-subbed him hmm Tuchel sub-subbed him no 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 what, what I'm talking about was um, he was when he was having the whole contract dispute with Chelsea was it Lamp, beginning of Lampard's tenure or the, the back end of who was before Lampard Conte, or was there someone between Conte and Lampard? I forget, man. They've had so many managers. It wasn't Jose, was it? No, no, it was Conte. Well, yeah, well, whoever was manager at the time, there was a big dispute with Hudson Odoi's pay, and apparently he was pining for a move to, to Bayern Munich, and that yeah. didn't work out. Um, so obviously he was left in the doldrums, and then obviously he's he's changed it. And as you said, he was he was subbed, subbed, wasn't he? Um mm. But he, he didn't throw his toys out of the pram. He just got on with it. And, um, yeah, he's, he's fought his way back into the first team. We've got, got to commend him for that. Listen, if an £100 million player can get sub-subbed, Callum, Callum can get sub-subbed, can't he? Yeah. Well, we'll see Reese James is suspended money, so we'll see what happens when they've got a full squad to pick from. But, yeah, I get your point. There you go. There you go. All right, then. Uh, it's not too good up on your CV, though, is it? Stairs. 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 I wouldn't know, mate. Sorry, no. mate Stu, Stu Grimshaw. Exactly what I was thinking of. Exactly what I was thinking of. Oh boy. Oh boy. All right. Uh, oh, we spoke about a player who made his return and scored twice. That's all about another one, Rod Cristiano. Um, what can you say? It, it wasn't. Um, it, it was. To be honest, the second half, United were a little bit laborious in the first 10-15 minutes but then the moment Newcastle equalised it, it sprung them back to life um, first half was all United as, as expected but then again Newcastle had a couple of opportunities and they were a little bit wasteful I remember watching a bit of match of the day and Alan Shearer just saying you know they made the wrong decision in the final third and the scoreline would have been different yes true but you need to take your chances and you know when you've got someone like Cristiano Ronaldo in your team you've got a goal machine haven't you yeah, you know, even if Newcastle would have got another, I still think United would have stepped up because they, they looked gassed at the end, Newcastle, last 20, 25 minutes. And, uh, yeah, we've, told, we've spoke, spoke about it before, mate. He's not a 36, normal 36-year-old. The guy's a beast. Yeah, and Gary Neville, his analysis before, just before the football, was perfect with it. The, the way he's changed his game, yeah, the amount of touches he has in the box, the amount of goals he scores with his left foot, right foot, with his header. you just got to have someone to assist him. And, and United have got riches in, in that department. They've just got, to, just got to keep it solid at the back and and try and be better in midfield. But yeah, with him, you, you know what you're getting. You just know what you're getting. And it was just, it really, I know people have said it a lot recently, but it did, it did feel like, watch it on TV, it did feel like an old, United game, the atmosphere, the feeling. So we just need to bottle that and just keep going with it. Yeah. He's going to make players better as well, you know, by just watching him in yeah. day in, day out training. If this guy's doing this, why am I not doing it? That's what I'd be thinking if, he, if I come in and thinks and seeing him what he's doing. You know, if you want to be better, you just watch him and learn from him and just copy him as much as you can. Roger, did you see what the goalkeeper Grant came out and said? First time, <laughs> first nah. time for se- first time for seasons that nobody touched the apple crumble at the pre-match. <laughs> if he's not having any, no one's having any. <laughs> hey, 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 there you go. 
So, yeah. So it, it happened to him when when he come there. A lot of people influenced him, and now he'll just do the same, and and he'll feel it's it's his it's his place to do that because mm-hmm. you know he, he it was taught to him, and now he's got to pass his knowledge down to others and yeah. make it better. Yeah. And that'll only make the team better. Whether it's good enough to, to win the league, I don't know, because you know Chelsea and City are strong and Liverpool. So you just fear for Liverpool to get a couple of injuries in key places where City and Chelsea United have got a better squad. But you know, if Liverpool keep that eleven, then they'll be up there as well. So it's gonna be it's gonna be tight. And I can't remember the last time there was there was four strong teams like this. Mm. So, surely, yeah. surely Ronaldo makes the manager better as well. You know, they must have lunch, breakfast, a walk to the training pitch. He must be able to put his point of view across. Obviously, that's well worth listening to. There are some senior players that don't have an opinion that, that but can get the job done. But Ronaldo, with his wealth of, of knowledge and experience now, whilst helping these younger players, they talk about Greenwood, Rashford, McTominay. I think he helps the manager. I think he helps the manager in. He's on the pitch, you know. That that would be one voice you'd be listening to. I think the manager benefits. I think with the, with the Fernandez thing, will, will he overshadow Ronaldo? Overshadow him? We've pretty seen that Saturday with his performance. You know, it's just going to make him better. I just wonder how long it will be before he gets the captain's armband. Because I know that Maguire I was thinking that. Yeah, I don't see that happening, mate. I don't, I don't uh, see that happening. Yeah, he's, he's experienced. You don't need, you know, that you can be a, a captain be a captain and not have to wear the armband. Stez will tell you that. You want everyone player to be a captain on the pitch. Just Harry Maguire's cop the captain armbands and it'd be pretty pretty tough to take it off him because supposedly you know, to, supposedly he had a team meeting with the players and it wasn't heavy handed but he just said lads I know you've all given, this is what I read, that I know you give absolutely everything and you will continue to do so, but the, the mindset isn't about just playing football here now. We really have to try, we really have to go for some trophies. I know it's a little bit uh, obvious, but but again, when he speaks, you're going you're gonna to listen. And you have to, because yeah. if you don't, you don't deserve to be playing at that, at that level. But, you know, Bruno Fernandes stepped up. Uh, a lot of people were saying, oh, his stats are going to go down because Ronaldo's there and he's not going to be the same Bruno Fernandes. Well, you know, that, that was some fucking strike, wasn't it? Um, and then Jesse Lingard, who we were talking about last week with Scott, you know, comes off the bench and he scores a fantastic goal, you know? And, and that that goal that Lingard scored was very reminiscent of Nani's goal, sorry, Steve, against Man City in the charity shield many years ago. That one-touch football, the movement, the finish. Um, and that's the kind of football that I, I remember United seeing that season. Obviously, City won the title that season, but for the opening four or five months of that season, United were unplayable. And it, it's a similar kind of situation. Now, the only, here comes negative Nelly still, um, the only drawback I will say is defensively, Newcastle were, were cutting United like a you know hot knife through butter at, at some point. So, I don't know. Perhaps the, the the defensive discipline needs to be tweaked. I think against better. Sorry to interrupt, though, but I think for better sides, they'll be a lot more solid and and oh, and I agree. Leave themselves so open. But I yeah. agree, and I think yeah. if, if McTominay was in the team, it'll be a different story as well because I think he offers more than Matic in the middle of the park, especially from a physical standpoint. And Fred as well, because for his pace and his recovery. So, oh, people would disagree with you about that one. Well, you know, he gets about the pitch, and his quality sometimes is not the best, but he does get around the pitch. Like Matic is, you know, he's good on the ball, but he's not quick. Mm-hmm. And you can, and good teams all play on that. Okay, well, um, can we just quickly talk about Steve Bruce and Newcastle, please? Because um, there's. <laughs> Did you? I don't know if you saw this one, Wayne, but the Newcastle Chronicle asked him about um, going on holiday during the international break. Yeah. And then they said something along the lines of fans are questioning why you went on holiday during the international break. And he said, oh, is that what they're, they're asking? And then he was trying to justify it, saying, well, we had a handful of players on international duty. But then the fans are like, well, yeah, you still had 19 players that didn't go, <laughs> didn't leave the country. So why weren't you there? What's going on here? Is, is, is Steve Bruce kind of like um, taking the piss a little bit or was he justified to, to have gone? Maybe even Steve can chime in with this one. I, I don't know about justified about going. You, your whole squad hasn't gone on international duty, so there will still be quite a few 
in training. I, I was surprised to sort of hear that story. While I kind of understand what he means about uh, this is what the fans are talking about, because I think Newcastle have big issues just on on the game for a second. A big a big miss for them was Callum Wilson, and he's going to be out now for what is it about four to six weeks and. The big issue for Newcastle is they've got an owner who, and, and the, I guess, board that just aren't willing to spend. And the big problem for them, regardless of whether Steve Bruce goes on holiday, is they just have not enough squad depth. And now that Wilson's injured, that's a little bit of trouble. But I don't know about a manager going on holiday mid-season when you've still got first-team players in training that... I'm I'm assuming they weren't allowed to go on holiday. They were still expected to go. So, no, that would be a big red flag. Steve? I thought the guy showed courage, um, making a name for himself. The guy who asked the question, you know, after a match suggesting, his, you know, about him going on holiday. But I also thought he missed a trick. Um, didn't quite have Steve Bruce on the ropes, but Steve Bruce was dodging it. And he flipped it and said, well, that's the type of question I would expect from you and your paper. <laughs> but then said, I, I, I can just tell you, we trained for six days this week. We trained properly. We trained this. We, we prepared for this game like any other. We trained properly. And the guy missed a trick because he obviously he should have said, yeah, yeah, but you didn't. The team might have done, but you didn't. Mm. So he's only done half the job if he, wanted to, if he was trying to like leave one on him because the team did continue to train. And it sounds like it was without the manager for part of it. So Steve Bruce danced around it and dodged it. Uh, it's a difficult position to be in. But I thought the guy who was trying to make a name for himself, who possibly is a bit of a name for himself for that in the northeast, I thought he didn't uh, follow through with any conviction and, and could have really, really, really gone to town on it. Did, didn't someone do that to, to Nigel Pearson a few years ago and he called him an ostrich? Yeah, he did, and it didn't didn't really go, didn't do him any favours. And I'm not sure either if he was the only Premier League manager that's got beat this weekend that was in Portugal last week either. But um, maybe maybe that needs uh, maybe that will come out maybe in the morning. You no, know, when I my, since I've been playing football, you know, it's unheard of for anyone to go on holiday in the football season. You know, it's that it's happened happens a lot recently. I just don't get it. Don't get it. Well, a lot of teams go away um, during the FA Cup break, isn't it? When they, when they, when they. Yeah, but then you were, you're working on training. You, you're all together. You're yeah. bonding. That then, then uh, are good for the team. It's not. Uh, it's, it's no good. It's no good when the team are training in the northeast. If this is true, and the manager's playing golf in Portugal, it's not, it's not right. You're right. You're either all there, or you, or, or you're all not. But you know, you turn around and say, "Where's the gaffer?" Just as you're halfway through a 12-minute run, it doesn't go down well with these lads who are who are doing the best at Newcastle. But but still, to be fair to him, Newcastle did put up a really good fight, and it was against all odds at Old Trafford on Saturday. Yeah, the and they were level at one point. So yeah, so you, you've got to give it to him because they did give up, put up a good fight, and they were playing for him. So there you go, there you go. And you're but missing, they... and you're missing arguably your best player. So. Yeah. Well, do you know what? The, the funny thing is, if if they'd lost four one away to Norwich, I could I can see the fans complaining because I saw one at full time saying, "Oh, the board, Steve Bruce needs to come." I'm thinking you've just been beaten by Man United. Cristiano Ronaldo, arguably the best player in the world, has scored twice against you, and you're angry with the board about that. You could have couldn't have waited until losing at home to Norwich or Burnley or. Brentford. The, the, the Knives are out for him, mate. The Knives have been out for him as soon yeah. as he signed for him. They just don't want him there. And they don't want the, the, the owner there. So, you know, but you can you can kind of agree with what Alan Shearer said on match today. It's just copy, paste, repeat. Mm. Copy, paste, repeat. And for a fan, the Newcastle fans, you're it, up there, it's, it's their, you know, it's their life. You can kind of get their argument, but, you know, this guy's a businessman, so yeah. yeah. All right. Elsewhere, Brighton beat Brentford one 0 Last minute goal from Trossard. Wolves finally got their first win of the season, two 0 against Watford. West Ham got a nil nil draw at Southampton, but pissed off a lot of F FPL players because Antonio got sent off. Oh well, unlucky. And Steve City, they went to Leicester one one nil, but yeah. Got a little bit for a little, little bit lucky there, no, a little bit fortuitous. But Leicester had a few opportunities. No, he's shaking his head. 
Not lucky, no. No, no it's just that's a proper job because the thing that pleased me about it, and I'd be interested to know what you and the lads say, but the top four, which we think it will be, they won't all go to Leicester and win. They, they won't, you know, it just, they'll, they will, they, not, not everybody will get maximum points at Leicester. So that was a real tricky, hard, well, more than tricky, that's a hard game. But the thing that kind of like spooked me out a little bit, lads, was like how under the radar it went. And I think this suits for the time being. First of all, it was a three o'clock kickoff, which is rare. City are normally a live game where everybody watches them. So hardly anybody watched them on Saturday. They've won one nil and they weren't, you know, it feels and sounds like they've, they've dug something out. But obviously the whole of the weekend, every football fan is talking about Cristiano Ronaldo. And when they stop talking about it, the conversation finishes by talking about Romelu Lukaku. And people are almost forgetting that City have gone to Leicester with Bernardo Silva, Edison making a good save from Vardy diving in. Um, and I've got like a precious three points clean sheet. And those one nils are, are absolutely amazing, but it feels like it's not been spoken about. And as a supporter, it was like a little bit weird. There was no noise. And But when you remind yourself of what they achieved at weekend, they've obviously, you know, there's bigger games to come, but that's a hell of a, that's a, hell of a result because the rest won't all win there. Can't all be rubbing his hands together? Because this is what we kind of done last year on Sleeping on City and he just come out and all and won the league. So, yeah. Yeah, but uh, you covered it before, Rod. Uh, you know, it was it was always going to be City or Liverpool, and and um, the year before Liverpool or City, and City and Liverpool. Now, genuinely, you, you, I don't think you could put a cigarette paper between City, Liverpool, United, and Chelsea at this stage of the season. It's fascinating, best it's ever been for me. Yeah, I it, think it, it was. Sorry, go on, Wayne. No, I was just going to say. I think the biggest compliment that we could pay to City is that. I, I completely agree, Steve. It it was a big away game and it looked really easy. Apart from that one Vardy chance that Edison yeah. saved, the rest of the game, it just looked like City could go up another gear at any given time if they needed to. And I, I just thought it was a really solid performance. And you don't normally think about Guardiola teams being defence first as it, sort of a priority over their attack, but... This this defense and their midfield is so so strong absolutely. that it's difficult to see many teams absolutely obliterating City in terms of of, of goals against them. Yeah, and in, interesting though that Stell thought it was lucky, but I'm I'm, I'm glad you siding with me on that one. And uh, I don't know if Stell was trying to get me on one there, but uh, <laughs> I, I thought I thought I didn't think it was routine, but I thought it was a good day at the office for City. I thought I thought they were in control. Listen, one nil away from home against Leicester is yeah. never a bad result. It, albeit yeah. Leicester did have a few uh, injury issues, especially best, defensively. Leicester away result in football, one nil. Yeah, mm, absolutely, absolutely. But you know, City's goal difference is what plus ten now or something like that. Um, but the top four is, is quite interesting. Four teams on on ten points, and that's because Everton beat Burnley tonight. Three one. I didn't watch the game. I've seen Andros Townsend's goal, but three goals in the space of six minutes for Everton. Absolutely crazy. Did anyone watch this game? I've got it. I've, yeah, I was watching a bit. Of it, yeah. yeah, I've watched them. And I've watched them. Anyone want to summarise that? I'll do it dead quick, then I'll hand it to the lads because I've seen them live four times um, by covering the games. They give it everything they've got for 60 minutes and they're in the game, Burnley. I've seen it. I've seen it all season. And the moment 60 minutes come, the opposition take the game away from them. And that's exactly what happened again tonight. Wow. Uh, any reason? Is it fatigue or just the game plan? Or? Uh, they've not got a really good bench squad depth uh, and they put unbelievable... Ma- they are maxed out from the first minute still. They don't have large spells of possession where you can have a rest with the ball. They don't go back to the goalkeeper much where you have a rest. You don't play with the goalkeeper from dead balls. He kicks it straight up the field nearly always to do the team centre-half. They are actually constantly turning the ball over so they never get a rest. The best teams, you, you see it, they're having five, 10, 15 minute spells of possession. They're enjoying the ball. They're waiting for an opening, but they're not, they're not like out of gas. Burnley are out of gas because they're always chasing to get the ball back. And they give it absolutely everything they've got. And I think the idea is to get in front and try and stay in front. Um, but they're not, they're not able to do it because they've not got enough depth or legs to keep them going between 60 and 90. And if you have a look, I've been at Liverpool, which was no disgrace. Brighton, Leeds scored late with Bamford. The opposition, every time I've watched Burnley, have had the last 20 minutes for themselves. I think, as an Arsenal fan, we we travelled to them on Saturday 
Um, and if there's ever a game where it's going to click for Burnley, it wouldn't surprise me if it's that one. And if there's a team who we don't really press as well as the likes of Liverpool, I think Everton pressed really well today. And we, we did, we improved in that aspect against Norwich, but I don't know. I've got a little bit of a, a, a weak feeling. That, those are the type of games that we normally trip up on. And it wouldn't surprise me if after this week and after a couple of poor results, if, if Burnley managed to to catch us on, on a bad day. I don't think so, mate. I think it'll, it'll be 2 or 3 nil. personally. I hope so. I yeah, hope so. I think uh, if you're going to play Burnley, play in September in Burnley because, you know, after it gets torrid up there, down there, it's freezing <laughs> cold, it's horrible. It's a lovely pitch to play on, don't get me wrong, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nasty place. But yeah, I'm saying I think Arsenal win comfortably on Saturday. If Rodri says it's nasty and cold, then you know it's nasty and cold. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it is. It's, it's freezing, Burnley. It's freezing. They played all around there. Cole, Nelson, it, it's freezing. So what about Everton then? Because last season they started off pretty well under Ancelotti and we were talking about their midfield quartet now. They've got the same quartet there, but obviously Andrew Townsend is there. Damari, um, it is Damari Gray, isn't it? It's the last time I said it was uh, Julian Gray. Well, it's Damari Gray. Um, he was. Yeah, exactly, from uh, Leverkusen. And yeah, Townsend's goal. Jesus Christ, what a hit. He's capable of that, isn't he? Um, and obviously on that right-hand side, he's, he's in a position to shoot a lot. And with Seamus Coleman still chugging, like Zabaleta, really, keep going up and down from right back to right wing in the Premier League, you know, through the seasons, he's absolutely brilliant. But I know it was highlighted on telly tonight, he's letting Decore, I think, um, come from a, a holding position, not, you know, and he, he, more than happy to run through midfield now because they've got confidence in Allen holding the middle of the pitch tackling and breaking play up and allowing Decore to run into the box. And of course, he's, he's, he's a, an unbelievable handful. Um, so that's a big asset for them. And this was done, obviously, tonight with Richarlison playing right on the edge of probably nearly getting sense off and Calvert-Lewin injured in the stand. Mm. So what is Benitez doing different to what Ancelotti is, apart from winning games at home especially? <laughs> what, what, what can you see from a tactical standpoint? What's he doing different? Um, again, I'd, I'd rather our, between us for our own brains trust, but uh, they were suggesting on the TV tonight that uh, they were attacking a lot last year and it would be four in the box. And when they attack these, these days with, with Decorey being one, inverted wingers, um, or certainly on one side, they're getting six in the box. So we're obviously going to increase the chances of scoring and they've got confidence in the bat lads that um, you know you can take a little bit more of a risk by putting more bodies forward and you can defend you know better at the back and that was that was covered on TV so I'm not claiming that as my own. <laughs> Rod, Rod, have you noticed anything different? From huh? Say again. Have you noticed anything different about Everton this season? Uh, like like Stan says, they just seem to be more attacking, more t- taking more risks. But you know, like he said, having more confidence in the lads behind him as well. So he's obviously got them. They'll be set right from Angelotti. He'd be having pretty solid at the back. So not a lot to probably work with there. And he's probably happy with that. That's why he's probably taking more risks and having five or six in the box instead of four. I think they've got players now in and around their starting eleven, who are probably harder workers as well. Obviously, we've not seen much of James Rodriguez, who I don't think will probably be in favour or might look for a move in, in January. But you're bringing in people like Townsend, you're seeing people like Gray, you're bringing on uh, people like Iwobi. You know that these guys are going to give 100% effort regardless. Decore, Decore as well being allowed sort of that freedom to to do whatever has just been really good for Everton. So I don't know. I think I know that they didn't, the Everton fans didn't really like the Benitez appointment, but I think they'll come around to it soon enough. Good shout. Very good. Well, as long as they're winning games, mm. I don't think anyone can complain about the success. Look, I remember when um, George Graham got the Spurs job, and the Spurs fans are up in arms because he's an Arsenal man and blah, blah, blah. What happened? They won the, the League Cup, didn't they? 
Yeah, it's on the League Cup. But even then, that wasn't enough for a club that hadn't won anything since 1991 at the time. Um, if Everton are to win a cup, let's say they do win the FA Cup for the first time since 95, then surely that would that would just end it's everything. Kind of, it's it? kind of the same thing with Steve Bruce, isn't it? But Rafa Benitez has got a bit more clout. You know, he's been at top clubs. He's won the Champions League. So if he can win a, a trophy... You know, he's, you know, yeah, but Rod, I think if, if Newcastle didn't have those owners, I don't think the fans would be that harsh on Steve Bruce. At least because of Mike Ashley. Well, not, not because he managed Sunderland. Mm, I don't know. I don't it's, know. It's always there, isn't it? It's, it's, it's always there. But it, it's, it shouldn't matter because Steve Bruce is a very good manager, but it shouldn't matter with Everton. But... You know, there's that rival rivalry there. You know, the fans are there to be wound up by their probably the, the smaller neighbours, i.e. Newcastle. Yeah, but Con- Conte, Antonio Conte used to be Juventus manager. He won the one Serie A with him. I know he went to Chelsea, but then he went to Inter Milan. And there, there isn't a great relationship between Juve and, and Inter. They hate each other. But then he won them the Serie A title and all of a sudden he's a legend. So Yeah, but you, there's... there's he won something. But this is what I'm saying. If, if, yeah, well, if he wins something, then I'm pretty sure, you know, he's, a, he's kind of a legend Liverpool. He's still got an house there. He's a really nice bloke. You know, I'm pretty sure if he, if he wins, you know, so in Liverpool, there's some families that Everton and Liverpool, they used to go to the games together. So, you know, I'm pretty sure if they win, they become just one of their own. Carol like he is with Liverpool. Everton. Pardon? Didn't they? Carragher and Gerrard used to support Everton. It's, it's got this history from Liverpool and Everton fans goes back years they always used to go to the, the games together you'd see them in the crowd with the Liverpool shirt and the Everton shirt sat next to each other you don't see it so much today but it still goes on well I remember when Gary Ablett played for both of them Nick Barnby um, who else uh, <laughs> shit, who else played for huh Peter Beardsley Peter Beardsley yes Beardsley uh, both of them there's a there's a the guy who, who died, centre half. Gary Ablett. Gary Ablett, yeah. He was a couple, yeah. There's a, there's a couple, there's a few. Uh, there's a few more, yeah. A few more. Kevin yeah. Sheedy. Sorry? Kevin Sheedy. Kevin Sheedy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Has Sheedy played for Liverpool as well? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Come on, man. No. Wayne's just looking at us baffled, like we're throwing these names. Uh, yeah, these. It's, it's like <laughs> Wayne, Wayne, Liverpool players, I suppose, the Everton fans, you know, Robbie Fowler, Jamie Carragher, Steven Gerrard. Played for Liverpool and Everton. Let's have a look. 10 of the 10, 10 players. Wow. Or 10 of the best, it says it. Let's have a look. Beardsley, Steve McMahon. It does happen, but have they gone from Everton? It's usually Liverpool, and then on to Everton. Have they ever gone from? You know, I know Liverpool. I don't think they do that directly. It's because it's happened with City and United. There's a few players that have gone to City: Andy Cole, Schmeichel, Bambi did it. Abel Xavier did it. Yeah, Abel Xavier did it. Yeah. Oh, David Burrows. He didn't do it, though, but he played for both of them. David Burrows, wow. Is he a fullback in, blonde there? Yeah. Playing for West Ham, the good-looking one. (laughs) (laughs) He looked like a Poundland version of Paul Scholes. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, gents, is there anything else we need to discuss? I I can't think of anything else that's happened in the football world that's worth discussing. Wayne, do you know Do you know anything? Anything in the, in the Twitter sphere that we can talk about? That's uh... no, it's just a, a big deal over Mourinho and what was it? His thousandth game, he got a, got a, got a win, and he, he, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, that was fantastic. Brilliant. And what was his post post match quote? He said, oh, "I've been telling the lads all week. Oh, this don't mean anything. If you lose, you lose. It don't mean anything." But then he said after, no, I lied. I blatantly lied. This meant everything. That's why I celebrated the way I did. Is he like the king of shit housing? 
Like from a managerial perspective, he tries to test people, doesn't he? He's, he's like old school, he test people, see if the mentality is like, see what kind of bunch he's got. So I'll throw this line and see how they react to it. He's got the right reaction. That's why he's a special one as a world. Yeah, I think Jose Mourinho at the beginning is always amazing. It's always after 18 months to 24 months where you see the real him. But he just, he looks happier at, at Roma though. That's the thing. He actually looks genuinely happy. And I think because the, the, the fans don't expect too much. Yeah. I think it's probably all right. You've, you've, we've, seen, we've seen this tape before, haven't we? Yeah. He looked happy when he first started at Spurs. And United. Um, I don't know. The Spurs one, I'm not sure. I think the Spurs one, it was more like, see, I can get a job kind of thing, you know? What I like that he's doing at the minute, he done it with Spurs and he it nearly pulled it off, is he kind of realises he he can't win with the likes of United and the big Premier Leagues, probably Serie A or whatever. But if he wins a cup with Roma, he goes down in their history. If he won a cup with Spurs, no one can say anything to him because he's done something that no one's done for, what, 15, so 20 years? You if he wins something him. with Roma... You can see him winning the, the conference league and saying, I'm the first manager to exactly. win this. Exactly. It's going to happen, isn't it? Exactly. Respect. <laughs> one, respect. 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 <laughs> respect. <laughs> Are you watching Jamie Jackson? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, James, it's been absolutely brilliant having you guys on doing this again. Um, Rod, Twitter handle, anything like that? Uh, at Rod James Giggs. And listen to the podcast, Rodri Giggs on football. <laughs> Wayne, thank you once again for having me. It's always always a pleasure. Uh, Wayne's World two zero underscore on YouTube and on Twitter. When's the I'm, next? You know, you have him on when he's when his team's in a relegation battle. You gotta let him get up the league first. <laughs> we're never getting up there. Don't worry. I, I get criticised for only talking about the big teams. Well, <laughs> give the little teams. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm, he just he, said, he assisted me an X and X A. <laughs> Where's Steve gone? He's just gone. He's had enough. Gone. See, Bye, the, Steve. The, the Arsenal slander was too much. <laughs> oh well, that's it for another episode. Steve's He's gone. got no social media. He's, He's got no social media. media. He's the smart one. He's the smart yeah. one. So until next time, boys and girls, take care. Adios, arrivederci.